Rich Piana actually had it all figured out <laughs> is actually the fact that it's the fact that things all these things coming out later where like, like the input output equation and like bigger by the day that is that's like that's that's foundational material that's like that's like Socrates. If, if, you're do, if you're doing a philosophy degree, if you're trying to get jacked, it's like like here, like when he's putting real food into the shaker and like egg whites and yeah. blueberries, you're like, oh, that's, ma- that's amazing. Maybe what he a- was <laughs> naughty rich the whole time. You know? <laughs> he could have been the naughty king. Like that's, it's not Sintal, bro. No, 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 definitely. It was just eight out of our workouts and, you know, just real food, sweet potato in the blender. But man, I miss, I miss Rick. <laughs> those, those days, like one out, he was, he was not nearly doing the Sam Zulek stuff. Yeah. Nearly before Sam. That's, so true and I've been I've been on my Sam Sulek hype and so do you know why I actually really like his stuff and really relate to him because I started reminds me of younger me just with about 50 pounds extra lean mass but like so I I love watching trends especially in YouTube and social media and there was a like a three-year period there where everyone was like edit and you know big flashy graphics on the Mm. screen and it's cool and all, but I never really took a warming to it. And so now when I see this this young fella blown up at just being real, raw and consistent, I'm like, yes, I'm like deserved. And now I've seen like other people like, you know, Christian Guzman made a new channel and he's just going back to uploading like iPhone videos and that's going great. And so I really like to see it. And I think that's the next wave. And I think loads of people are going loads of people already have started doing that and I think that's uh, that's better for social media kind of suits you down to the ground I feel that's why I started doing you know like that. that's it so like finally I can be myself again <laughs> literally yeah. every eccentricity thrown into the video like <laughs> yeah. exactly on that on that I think a lot of those clips then come out of like those longer forms where it's just completely out of context like we were saying the meme of like you start, like an astronaut in space is like there's, there's eight hours of oxygen left in here it's like yeah so it's basically an eight hour arm workout it's like rich explaining that but like I feel like you'd get like you get like parodies of like Rob Lipset being out of context for five minutes and then yeah. it's you just saying random shit inside <laughs> the video it's like, yeah the, the power of clipping things up nowadays but yeah man fucking so in in Marbella right so I, this back here for like the first time in like well actually no I was here in June for the event that, that you'd run as well yeah. but what have you been up to here lately what's life like in Marbella in the winter time so it's my favorite time of year and there's there's levels of Marbella localism <laughs> so you first come here and you're like oh the summer's amazing you go out loads and you're like this is the life then you like mature a little bit you get like a little bit fed up with it lots of tourists and then you like localize and you're like oh maybe the best time of year is actually the winter months and all the top restaurants stay open they're not like fully booked out it's not too hot and you meet people that actually live here that didn't like save up for three years to spend it all on the weekend <laughs> they're like oh these ballers they actually live here and so you meet like better people uh, you know I saw you were out with dinner with Sean all last mm. night I was out for dinner with them last weekend nice nice boys dinner and uh yeah you meet really nice people and it's it's more chilled and so yeah i love it it's honestly my favorite time of year it's when i get in the best shape as well i used to do the winter bulk now no more bulking for me yeah i don't want to get any bigger and it's probably not gonna happen (laughs) so you know this is a time of year when i really focus on training and just chill out a little bit yeah i remember like when marbella was i think it was when covid first happened i remember all the irish fitness scene and and online people i remember that's when I don't know, did Adam move out? But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was working, that's I, how me and Adam got, got good pals. That was when I was working for Adam before I started my own thing. This is yeah. like 2021. I remember everyone was out there. I was like, I need to get to Marbella. Yeah. This was summer 2021. Yes, that that exactly. must have been a mad time. That was a crazy time. So there was a 
ton the nightclubs was this mad medium period okay so like the gyms are open great uh, outdoor restaurants are open but nightclubs were closed so in the you know people would go down to the beach and everything and then at night they'd go to like house parties and villas and there's no more of them like people don't people just go to a club now and which I don't really like too much I don't really like clubs I heard the Carpe Omnia house was like the spot that was the spot <laughs> that was the spot like, shout out to John and Michael exactly. there exactly like, yeah Ben there as well do solid for everyone like oh. here, here's, the, here's the club oh my god I would just rock up and I'm like are they even here <laughs> and so that was a crazy summer loads of house parties which you can't really beat it makes you feel young again and it was just like a really good crew there and you're in a little bubble and you know, me and Linda were just talking about that time recently so, such a good time and uh, nowadays you know because the clubs are up again there's no more house parties yeah that's sad enough I mean <laughs> here when I first came here was November 2021 I just fell in love with the place because it was quiet and still everyone was here at the time so so you could still have a really sick time a clubs had reopened at that time at that time yeah but now when you were like comparing it in winter to summer I'd imagine there's quite a few distractions in the summer and you have, because everyone knows that you live here all the time, that, they, yeah. that they're like, it's nearly one of the, one of the, if, if for somebody who's online, it's nearly one of the attractions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you probably, in summertime, you're probably getting invited to everything exactly. every, every, every night. You're oh, like, and like, even like people like Linda's friends or my friends are like staying in the villa over the, on the weekends. Like they'll come over Thursday to Monday. And when you chalk it down, you only get like 12 weekends in the summer. It's like everyone is busy and I'm like, oh, a little bit worn out. Like, so now I'm, I'm actually an introverted person as well. Like, I love my alone time. And, like, that's when I recharge. And so, by definition, an introvert and an extrovert, it's not what your personality is like. Obviously, I'm very chatty. I speak to everyone. It's actually where you get your energy from. So, some people, when they're around people, they get energy and they recharge. I get energy and I recharge when I'm on my own. Just chilling. Because I give so much energy when I'm with people. <laughs> yeah. Bouncing around. Yeah. What, do you do anything special to recharge? I just honestly sit inside. <laughs> stare at the wall. Yeah, stare at the wall. I, I do a little bit of meditation. Right now, I'm not having a great streak. You know, I go through, you know, you get streaks and everything. Mm -hmm. And I just do it for like nine, 10 minutes a day with like the Headspace app or um, Sam Harris got a decent app as well. And yeah, just nine, 10 minutes a day. And like, uh, it actually does make a difference. But right now, I'm kind of sucking at it. But so It massively does. And you know... You know, when something is a done thing like meditation, it becomes a meme and people hear it enough times without having tried it. And then they're like, oh, someone's telling me to meditate again. And, yeah. then, and then they don't want to do it. But it's like you actually see with all of these cliche things, if you actually did them consistent, consistently, they would change your life. And like meditation is definitely one of those things where you, like, it actually helps you sleep way better. Yeah, it's, it's evidence based. It's actually legit. Like it definitely works. Literally, you can you can nod off to sleep if if you're on a meditation streak, you nod off to sleep like that. It's yeah. really easy because you're able to just create separation with your thoughts. And I'm not listening to this shit. Like I'm 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 going to sleep. Like you're able to just like go back into the back of your head and just sleep. I like that back of the head. That's that's like where you go. And like with me, so I've actually. I never say this. I have insomnia, like a really bad, like, and I have to do everything to ensure I get a good night's sleep. So, you know, I'll have a, like a pretty intensive evening routine where, like, I don't get any notifications after six p.m. I have like an alarm telling me to like go to bed at nine p.m. and you know I have to like dim all, just do all the Hooperman things. <laughs> but the biggest impact for me is the getting sunlight as soon as I can first thing in the morning because, like, when you actually think about it. 
I stare at it like fucking straight. <laughs> Everyone's like, look around it. I'm like, no, give me the full dosage. And you can feel your like eyes open up and everything. And so when you actually think about it logically, that's when your brain wakes up. So just doing that has made a huge impact on my sleep, which has had like the biggest knock on effect of my life. Sets your circadian rhythm big time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you're saying, notifies your brain. You are awake at this moment. But yeah, <clears throat> that's something that... We talked about Rich Piranha, <laughs> Rick Piranha. I can't, Rick I can't, Piano. <laughs> Rick Piano, man. Billy Joe. I mean, Rich Piano. Yeah. Um, and some of these things that he was talking about then turn out later to be true. And there, there are many of these from Twitter. Alex Jones is kind of another one. Where I, I like, love Alex Jones. This is the podcast that will get me cancelled. Yeah, yeah. saying that. I, I think he's like hilarious. He is hilarious. Yeah. And a lot of what he says, you're, he phrases it in a very... Um, outrageous. Out, outrageous fashion. But then it, the core thesis comes to be true a couple of years later. But... Yeah. There's a lot of that from Twitter and actually getting sunlight first thing is one of those. Glycine was another thing for dreaming. Now, that's one thing I've like, I've, I've yet to get on and I oh. want to get on. I'm like, glycerol, oh, that's one that gives you the pump. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken that. The only one that matters. Yeah, the only one. I'm like, I've loads of that. But yeah, glycine, I've never taken it. I want to try it. Oh, man, you will have... The first few weeks you try it, you have the weirdest dreams ever. I As love a, a weird dream. Yeah, like, <laughs> but you, you wake up. It's one of those like after school naps, you know, where you wake up at like 11 p.m. and you're like sweating. Yeah. And you're like phones, like oh. your phone's dead. You're like one one shoe is on you. You're like, <laughs> what's happened here? But but those are, they're one of those things. Do you do any more? I guess like based. Oh kind, yeah. Kind of, kind of things throughout your day that are let's say off the beaten track, not necessarily accepted to be normal things that people would do to have kind of better health outcomes yeah so i do like a lot of fasting i haven't eaten today either and i'm just i always do it before i need to record or do a podcast i'm just like i speak sharper i'm like more coherent i just feel less sluggish but the thing with me is so especially do you see like dana white's 86 hour fast that went viral <laughs> i'm like everyone Gary Bracca as well comes out with a load of bro signs. I like some of his stuff, but Lane Norton debunks a lot of stuff he says. Yeah, yeah. I, I fast every day and I don't think it has magical benefits. I'm like, guys, I'm on the same team as you, but it doesn't, it's not that big. It, it doesn't, it's not magical. Like people are like, oh, it reduces cancer and inflammation, all this crazy shit. And I'm like, so does just dieting and losing weight. Like all the stuff that Dana White said in that video, all the benefits you can get from just being in a deficit, like normally. So I fast every day, pretty much. I'll, I'll probably have like maybe a small breakfast, maybe, you know, the odd time here and there, maybe for leg day if I, if I feel the need. But, you know, the usual, like, fasting. I do cold exposure every day at the moment. I can jump in my pool and it's absolutely freezing. Sick. Made it vibes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when it's too hot in the summer, I do, like, cold showers. And that's as far as it goes. Oh, electrolytes in the morning. Uh, try to... How do I say suspend or wait a little bit until I have caffeine as well, even though I don't think that one's that big a deal. Like, it's funny, you know, Herbman and all, they're like, you get benefits, you have energy later in the day from ha prolonging your caffeine intake. I'm like, yeah, because you're drinking it later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's the thing? They're like, your, your adrenal system is the only thing active, not your adenosine system. Uh, yeah, whatever. I, I but think, how does that. How do you even measure that? Like, how are you like, oh, my adrenals are firing yeah, this Yeah, out. that's it. When you wake up, is, is, your, is your adenosine system like, nah, man, give me a moment. I know, yeah. I, so I think a lot of the stuff that, you know, we were talking about on Twitter, I do a good bit of it. And, you know, I think it's all in the right direction, but I think a lot of it's overhyped. Yeah. And that for all these, like, things that people are saying, like 
it still just comes down to just by default having a healthy overall lifestyle. There's no magic pill. Yeah, you, you draw the line at sunning your balls like a lot of people uh, on Twitter look to do. Uh, I know, I know. There's like actually this one study that like it showed it increases your testosterone by hundreds of percentage when you get UV rays on your balls. But it's like, yeah, it does. And then after you're done, it doesn't. So it's like it may do it acutely, but that has no measurable effect of like elevating your testosterone levels by that constantly unless you just do 24 hours of balls <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely affect your life like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you might get arrested that, that'd be a bit inconvenient yeah it's funny we will take let's say an isolated an isolated case of something working well for some, like let's say for dana white like look he's look he's in his 50s and it's fasting yeah. he's in shape i'm like man he's smashing gear for, yeah, like, I know, 20, yeah. for 20 years like look at the size of him he's enormous as a 56 year old yeah you know, or, or whatever the hell yeah. he is but yeah, it's funny. A lot of those esoteric things do come out to like to to later be 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 sort of true. Yeah, and like, but one another one that I want to talk about as well. Like, you know, there's these days there's such a resurgence or um, just a big trend really on the animal based mm. uh, like diet, and then people are like, oh, we'll add in fruit and honey, and I'm like, this is just like a normal diet. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny, but you know, I I eat a, a lot of animal produce. I, I'm very I think veganism is stupid, to be honest. I'm very, like, pro-meat. But again, there's people that think it's, like, a magic, magic bullet. I used to be vegan for, like, two years. What? Yeah. Podcast. We're gone. This guy's insane. Why? What, so, ma- what made you? I was it? 17 uh, when I started. And yeah. I got way too into vegan gains' his YouTube channel. Oh, and, man. And I, call, I had this video of me calling out him saying he was wrong from the get-go. And I'm like, I was ahead of my time. <laughs> you're, like, you're, you're the real Rick Ferrana now. Yeah, like, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's going to come back in years. Yeah, but, all my but, advice has aged well. <laughs> yeah, but bro, I mean, now I can look at his videos and be like, all oh, right, like he wasn't correct. He was just like mentally ill. Yeah, I know, no, fully. Like, and, but I, I got really into it because he was showing these factory farming kind of yeah. videos and stuff. And as we know, being Irish, that doesn't happen back home. Like, no. my, like I've... My, my uncle owns a cattle farm and they probably live a better life than most people in Central Dublin. They, they probably live a better life than most people in Central Dublin. Yeah, no, they not honestly even, do. N- not even joking. <laughs> and like, there's no riots in, on the farm, do you know what I mean? But, nah, jo- jokes. But, animal but, farm. You don't see Animal that. farm. No, but it, like, I was like, in, in Ireland, it's completely different. I saw this meme of like, what's the difference between a full English and a full Irish? And then it was like, the full English is like sloppy ingredients, loads of fat in the bacon, the beans yeah. running down the plate. And then it's like, in the Irish fry up, it's like, you know, butter that's been churned by a fair maiden with red hair. <laughs> <laughs> And it's, and it's lit- and with like Irish music played to it on the violin. <laughs> Literally is true. Yeah. And so, but, how come you stopped uh, being vegan? So I started feeling pretty. I started feeling pretty shit energy wise. Of course. And like I was also eating like the same things every day. It was like literally lentil and bean curry, man. Literally oh, man. every day. And I was I was doing rowing at the time for I like did rowing for years and years. And man, I was the same height I am now is about 72 kg. Yeah. And now I'm 89. Okay. And like, so I was literally emaciated, which was good, like in terms of weight, like, to, like, weight. <laughs> so like, I was actually quite fast, but I started feeling, I, I just couldn't recover as well. And it was weird. I started having dreams about meat. Okay. And then Not, that's when you know you got And it. I saw, you know what it was? I saw an ad on Instagram from Kerrigan's, no less. Oh, the, the, the fam- turkey burger kings. The, 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 literally, I saw the turkey burgers. Yeah. I, I, was, I was texting my friend and I was like, man, I, like this ad, I can't, I literally saved an ad on Instagram, oh, like man. a psychopath. And I was like, I was thinking, I was like, God, oh, that looks good. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. that, that looks incredible. But my energy plummeted when I was vegan. I also found out it's actually, you can cherry pick any fucking kind of a study. And people, I would see this in my world when people are selling supplements and like direct response marketing. It's like, you, it's all cherry picked studies that, that people used to sell things. Energy massively decreased. 
found it's actually really bad for your health outcomes. I was just a skinny motherfucker, man. Yeah. And I was like, this is this is shit. And it really restricted my life. So that was from like December 2015 until like, it was like June 2018. So it was right. like two and a half years. Okay. And bro, it was, it was often, and the second I got back eating meat, my lifts increased. Like I felt felt a lot better. I put what on- What was your first meal back? Your it, first meat it was, meal? It was actually- it was turkey burgers. Oh, nice! It was turkey burgers. I think I literally ordered them from Kerrigan's because of that ad. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting started like with the good stuff. Get some good promo here. Yeah. I'm actually when I go back to Ireland, I'm going back in two weeks on, on the 21st. I'm gonna hit up some. I'm gonna get the the Rob Lips starter back some Nutri Quick Kerrigan's. Oh. I'm gonna go to Raw, <laughs> and that's gonna be my Christmas. That's, but, my that, that's beautiful. Like yeah. back in the trenches, man. Yeah, the, the trenches being a, actually a lovely life. Yeah, just <laughs> being a nice Irish. Life. Yeah, that was the that was the one that you know people online saying you know, another day in the trenches. I had yeah. this I had this TikTok day in the life that I still haven't that I still haven't uploaded, but it was like another day in the trenches. Like the trenches being my air conditioned two bedroom Dubai apartment with the view of the Burj Khalifa. And the thing I was gonna put that in, it just have to be self deprecating. The trenches just aren't a thing, man. That that's so money, Twitter. I don't know how that like I signed up to Twitter obviously many years ago, but I only started being active on it maybe in the last year. And um, so I really enjoy it. Like I think it's it's fun, and I think since Elon's got it, it's way better as well. And like mm. other features, like you know, you can see views now per tweet. I'm like, oh. There's actually someone watching this shit. Yeah. So I don't know how, but I found myself in money Twitter. I'm like, I want fitness Twitter. Why am I here? But either way, I'm there. And it's so funny. People in the trenches. And it's like, you're on your laptop. Man, you I don't even go to the gym. <laughs> I could give you a historical view of money Twitter up until now. Because it came from all this, all this like really weird red pill stuff. Yeah. Up to, up to, up to now. So you look at certain people there, I'm like, man, I know what you were posting years ago. Like there's so many people there are just off their head. Yes. There's, you kind of have to view it, you have to take it with a grain of salt in a way. But I feel like you could, you could definitely, if you put some more effort into Twitter, I feel like you can massively grow that because there's a real appetite for content like yours. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like for my, uh, the size of my following over there, I got like pretty good engagement on it. Um, but I enjoy it. And um, I definitely, yeah, I want to put it, I like, I like the way for another feature that you don't have to write like treads now. You can just write like a big long article. And it's like, that's probably the best place you can do some writing if you actually want to do some writing. Obviously, Instagram reels and pictures are better, YouTube long form. But I think if you want to do some pure writing, get your message across, I think Twitter's a great place for it. It's a great place to connect with people as well, by the way. Like, Bro, as in, I, yeah, this is how we're doing it. Yeah, this is how we're doing yeah. it. But even if you're looking at looking at guests, like everyone's on Twitter. Yeah. And it's, it's like, let's say, you would probably be way more likely to check your Twitter DM than an Instagram DM because you're going to get way more Instagram DMs. 100%. I, I don't check my Instagram DMs rarely. If someone like mentions with me, you get the, like notification at the top of your notifications, but half them go into like requests, you know, hidden requests. So yeah, Instagram is crazy. But yeah, with Twitter, I, I see it. You know, yeah. I'm still starting out there. It's great. <laughs> it's probably funny as well for, for you where it can massively, it can fuck with some people's heads if they get onto it too young. In the in the sense that you don't realize uh, a filter, I say I'd, I'd say this kind of flippantly, but I I do I don't mean it in a, in a mean way. But a lot of people on there are kind of mentally ill, and you kind of have to look at it that way. Yeah. So you don't take what they say too seriously. But people who find it when they're in their late twenties versus early twenties, they just loll at the place. Oh, I know. They're like this is because they've kind of been through the mental paradigms. There's before. there's like one of the f f most prominent things that I notice on Money Twitter. Every time I, I click on something, they're like 
in their bio, they have re- revenue generated 100 million. And I'm like, dude, you're like 19. And it's I, like, I feel attacked. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, but I'm like, they have these extortionate numbers. And I'm like, where do these numbers come from? What they know? mean is like for our clients, like we've done over like 60 mil for our clients. Okay, so, I'm, I don't understand. But, but I'm piggybacking off that. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's not exactly all. <laughs> like, it's not like, you know, it's not like, like I went out like fucking exactly generate that. Like that's yeah. me fitting into their ecosystem, helping them make okay, more. Okay, okay. Right, now I, mean? I get it because I'm always wondering I'm like what am I doing wrong <laughs> <laughs> some guys in 19 some savant from like yeah it's always it's always some like Slovenian drop this especially in Dubai it's always some Slovenian drop shipper or no shipper who's yeah. like making like 700k a month yeah. black, completely black hat uh-huh. something like that but it's, what, what's black hat that's some, another phrase I've seen black hat is doing something unethical to make your money so okay so let's say but or it's exploiting a loophole so let's say if you're, <laughs> there's one called, <laughs> there's one in e-com called Black Hat MRR. Yeah, I think so, I've seen it. So then. basically Black Hat monthly recurring revenue where you sell someone a front end product basically at a loss, but then there's like a little tag that's already ticked at the checkout, which is that they auto subscribe to like get a product sent to them like for like $20 a month for the next six months, but then you don't ship the product. So then basically you break even on the first order and you have Black Hat MRR on the back end. Like, let's say oh my God. Like, like Black Hat SEO, for instance, is like you basically don't use Ahrefs or any of these other channels and you you basically rank your, you, you basically get bots in like, let's say Pakistan or India or China to like to create loads of links for your, for your brand. And then you can yeah. like, let's say rank over, you could rank over a massive company in like a week. Through that's, like, well, that's all right. Yeah, but, they're just... That's fine. That's the black hat I like. <laughs> yeah. Yo, SEO, fine. But if you're fucking someone saying you're giving them a product and they're just getting it and they can't unsubscribe, then that's a bit unethical. I, I, yeah. But like, like there's some really, really... Do- so yeah, like the, the black hat... Like, let's say no ship would be blackout. It's like drop shipping when you don't ship the product. No, no, you, that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, that, that, is a, that, that is a thing. There are no, there are no shippers out there. Oh, maybe I'm, so, a, maybe I'm a good person yeah, after all. Yeah, Sometimes yeah, I question myself. You have, to, you have to wonder, though, like, generally, if you see someone go really far, really fast when they're young, generally, there's some element of transferring all risk onto their customers. Mm. And you even see that with a lot of gurus. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's generally they have, like, some info products with a 2% success rate and like they're just transferring risk onto the customer. So, yeah. so when you're, when you're, let's say building a coaching business or agency or like a real brand, it's like going to be fucking painstakingly slow because you, you take on most of the risk as the, like cause consumers have all the rights. Yeah. Like they don't realize it, you know, in many cases. Um, but yeah, if people go really far, really fast, it's generally they're transferring risk onto customers. What do you think of uh, course selling? Like, you know, do you think it's legit? Do you think, 90% of courses are BS. Like I, I think it's legit past the point. I've spent on so many bullshit courses. Like yeah. I was I was totting this up with my business partner, but we've probably spent over like 150 grand on like co- coaching and, wow. and, and courses that like, and most of it like didn't pan out. Some of them are absolute rug pulls. So like, for example, okay, let's say a bad course, you, you pay for it like a grand for just, for example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, what, do you log in? Like where's, what happens then? Yeah, so you, you log in, you get a content portal and then you'll generally get some kind of support that's really weak. So like- Usually on so Kajabi, right? Yeah, Kajabi. Yeah, okay. And then you'll get like email support. Then what you really want is very, and so you have to kind of use courses to, to generate, to kind of build some knowledge so you can get an initial amount of money. But- the general litmus test I would have with someone if, if something is kind of good to buy or not is does the person talk process or do, do they talk outcome? And it's way easier to sell an outcome, right? So yeah. it's like, let's say it's easier, it's easier to sell someone a holiday in Mykonos than the fucking Ryanair flight it takes to get there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So 
if someone's talking more more about process and they are just about outcome now they have to talk about outcome they have to market themselves of course they do then that's kind of a red flag in many respects if someone's able to talk about process in a high level like these days if i were to invest in something that was quite expensive i'd always listen to them in something long form like a podcast or yeah. something like that because you can't you can't hide on that sort of a that sort of a layout um i'm always careful in, in terms of like naming like things i've done and stuff like that because i value a quiet life but any big guru you can think of in the agency space have done their stuff and i haven't been impressed with anything really really um but I, some friends of mine run a coaching program in the States and it's like ridiculous level. It's more expensive, but it's ridiculous level of service to the, like you couldn't fail if you're in it. Okay. Cause and, you've got someone <coughs> chasing you, making sure you yeah. execute on it. And, the, and the owners run their own agency. So they're generating real alpha in terms of what they're doing. And then they're just passing it to you. Okay. So that, so I, I think it is a valid industry, the, the coaching industry, of course, and it's, it's only going to grow, but there is an inherent there's something about it, I get what you mean, it doesn't feel, something about it doesn't feel quite legit. Yeah. And um, a lot of the people in there are, there are a lot of kind of shady actors in there, many of which I've been scammed by. So Whoa. I would say overall, if you're going to look at someone, make sure there's a lot of one-to-one -one support. Okay. Pay a bit more for that and listen to them on something long form. So you, do they talk about process more than outcome and can they talk in a really technical discussion? And just the the, what vibe do you get from them as well? Yeah. Like that's always it when building trust. <laughs> like, can you tell if they're BSing, if they've actually walked the walk? So I'm thinking, I'm, right now I'm putting together a course myself, okay? Because, so I'm thinking with my audience, because I've been at this game, dropping fitness knowledge for so long, all my audience are so jacked and they're all advanced lifters at this stage that like they all know like calories macros training and everything you should do something business oriented so what i'm doing is you know for people that my audience are so advanced in terms of training they're all bigger than me when i meet them in the gym <laughs> that they're like they're even gone on to become <coughs> trainers themselves that's the level they're at so now i'm going to drop a course saying how to basically you know make a huge living out of the fitness industry go from the gym floor to the top floor you know so that's something i'm putting together and it's very simple in terms of, I was like, okay, how do I make this? And I go, just what would you give to 21-year-old Rob? So that's it. So that's what the, I'm going to do. This is it. And I, I think that would be a huge, I, I think that's an avenue, like a new avenue for your content as well that would be sick because yeah. you clearly have so much social proof from having done the thing for so long. Oh, yeah. And that's one thing I got, I got a lot off. I, I got receipts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Literally. So the the other thing, and, and you can, I'd highly recommend chatting to Shaw more as well about this because he's just, he's mildly autistic when it comes to this stuff. But he's super clever guy. Um, is when you're doing anything, make money online, this is why it is, it is so profitable. Like, and it's such a, it's only growing as an industry is uh, there, there's, there's huge inherent appetite for that. So like what you're going to have, and this is the, the thing you'll have to look out for. What's you'll do a massive launch with that. Mm -hmm. no, no matter what, no, no matter what you do from here. It's sustaining that that's the hard part because yeah. there's what, what, what happens with your personal brand when you're selling coaching. My, my background before like going full into e-commerce, I was like used to be a sales closer in like the coaching industry. So I know, I know it like the back of my hand. Um, you have all this pent up demand. So you could do a launch of, you know, X amount and it'll be a huge launch, but then it's the, it's the sustaining part that you need, no matter what you'll do a huge launch. Yeah. So for, for you, the, the kind of content that you create, you'll want to go in like a couple of different channels. You'll probably run some sort of ads as mm -hmm. well at some point. Like that's when it becomes really sustainable. And 
you'll you'll be able to make that like a really consistent business where then you can kind of build process around it and you can there are a number of people you can rope in to sort of help and, and offer offer their expertise that you will know yeah so what um, would be like your first hire would it be like community manager or you know customer service what would it be so first thing you would do would be depending on the scope of like deliverables so like would you be doing coaching calls within it I could do, yeah. Every you know, every weekend you, you do a big group call or something. An, an actual coaching program would kind of make more sense long term. But yeah. what 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 I probably do, yeah, is a community manager would probably be be the first thing. So I'm kind of an assistant on just all the admin stuff. Um, but that would be a person you'd have to train and kind of pro, like process out the role a bit more. Like let's say you would have an FAQ section. I'll, I'll show you what what I've done. With, like one of our our team members who who kind of has taken a lot of the admin stuff off my plate. Um, but you would you would get one of those people first. You'd probably get like one kind of coach, someone who you know who's very switched on business-wise, but maybe people don't know as much because their brand mightn't be as large as yours. That would probably be the second person. And then if you had uh, like if you had a third person, that would probably be someone who can coach, who understands it, but can also like take the calls with people to get them into the program. Okay, Because yeah. then it's more like them consulting with the person. It's not like, per, ideally even someone who doesn't really have a sales background. It's not even going to be sales. It's just going to be, look, here's, here's, here's the deal. Like I'm one of the coaches inside here. That kind of thing. You, but you'd run that with a very lean team, and you'd smash it. Yeah, you know, nice. that, that's probably going to be my next big business move, I guess. And then your short form has such an ocean of people to to find. Like that, that that's when you're like you've seen what Brandon Carter has been doing with his short form, where you can just blow that up to whoever. Yeah. It's just him talking about his bloody watches. I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because right now, and I'm like, if I do that, and you know, start flexing, I'm like, I've nowhere to kind of push people who want to make you know more money. So yeah. right now, my content is still fitness content because you know, fitness coaching is still my bread and butter. But yeah, that's probably the the next evolution. Bro, you should you should 100 percent do that. But on that, like, let's say here's the 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 valid side of the of the the coaching kind of market is someone is doing X thing. It's still their main thing. And their style of content isn't this highly technical how-to. It's more, here's what I'm doing. And it's it's literally like, I'm doing I'm doing something pretty cool. And it's just documenting that. And then that's that's kind of, like, who'd be kind of a, a good example. Like, there's two guys on Twitter who run a brand called Kill Crew. Which oh, were, yeah, I know them. One Colty Bras. Colty one Bras, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the, I follow them both. The yeah. way the way they, they do it to build up their community, their kind of econ community, which they don't put, like, too much focus on because the brand is their main thing. That's that's the best way, I think, of, like, doing content to, to kind of sell something like that. But when it's highly technical, who's over doing X, Y, Z, it's not as engaging. Yeah. Excuse me. And it's not as real. So the, people doing that where it's, like, okay, I'm doing this main thing. So you've your, your coaching business, it's very successful. Yeah. Your channel is very successful. Like I have this other thing here. If you're interested in it, you can have it. I'm not, I don't push too much focus on it. But then yeah. if it's like someone has an agency that's like very, like that they only half got going and then they're like, yeah, here, I'm going to teach you how to do X, Y, Z. And then it's loads of technical content. You can see they don't really know what they're talking about. Yeah. That's like invalid to me because it's transferring risk onto customers and not taking on any of the risk yourself. It's like, you know, heads I win, tails you lose. But here it's like, look, I'm doing this sick shit. I have a really cool business here that's running very well. If you want to learn from me, you can. Not really arse either way because I have this other business that's, yeah. that's, that's doing well. It's like you're not desperate. You know, exactly. There's no desperation and it's it like uh, an indirect sell. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you could smash that. Yeah. Like 100%. And like it would kind of, I'm sure you see the likes of Mark Coles and Phil Graham. And they're, oh, they're Phil Graham's an animal, man. Yeah, no, like, yeah. I just saw he did uh, his recent post. It was like, uh, just like his journey, really. Just, uh, I think it was yesterday. It was like a swipe post and <laughs> sick. Yeah, he's he's such an animal. But yeah, bro, I think that'd be such an amazing thing for you to do because that that really opens up your short form as well. Yeah. So you can, that would, you could, you could probably double your, the size of your personal brand in not much time there. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. There that's, we go. 
that's, that's pretty sick, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fucking, that's a, definitely a good route to go down business-wise. But you kind of looked as well. There are other business avenues that you've kind of done in the past. And that was the first time we met was at your first creator agency event. Yeah. So if some old picture of me with a terrible comb over. Like in the, <laughs> nice. In the very somewhere. Still but, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now the hairline's going back. Yeah, oh. I'm not saying. Yeah. It's like, Joe, I got uh, offered like a hair transplant in Turkey, like for free. And I'm, I'm like, do I fucking take it? Will this be available to me in late, later yeah. years? And I'm like, no, no, I'm going I'm to hold out. You, but, like, you text the guy back, you're like, what are you trying to say? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, and I took that person. <laughs> yeah. but, but they actually offered me as well. There, I was like, no, I'm, I'm fine. I don't, don't really need it. They're like, do you want to get your teeth done or anything? Like, just give us a YouTube review and you can have it. And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to get my teeth done. So like, I don't want the big, like, turkey teeth as yeah. well. But yeah, I might, I might, after Dubai in January, I might do a little, because you have to fly through Turkey anyways to get back to Marbella. So I'm like, maybe. You may as well if do you it. see me with a new set of gnashers, <laughs> that's, what, that's what went on. We'll just see, like, diamonds inside yeah, there. Yeah, inside yeah, a grill. But yeah. Would you would you do like, the the events are sick? I was at the uh, Chris Williamson James Smith event over in Dubai, and like uh, they're so enjoyable. Yeah, so I actually wanted to ask someone who who went to that. Like, obviously, follow them both. I uh, think they're both killers. What's the content like? Because I'm like, is it? It's not fitness content, Mate, is it? You J- know, James Smith could be a stand up comedian. Oh no, yeah, he's hilarious. He could yeah. be a stand up comedian. Yeah. He he was getting up on the stage and he's just going through life anecdotes. But he's he was it was like a stand up comedy set. Yeah, like he was. That's well, that's how you get people to stay engaged. Yeah, and it's the hardest thing to be funny. It is, and no, I'm not very funny. So I'm like, I don't know how to <laughs> do this. You could I, that creator agency event. I remember yeah. was it you and was it. You, you were, cr- I think it was when Roz Purcell was on the stage, you were yeah. cracking people up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it definitely, like, it's something that you can learn. And if you, like, prepare a few little punchlines, you get up there, you gain that confidence, and you, know, you get the crowd yeah. going. And Irish people always love self-deprecation. That always goes down yeah. well. And to, like, kind of meme yourself, like, you know, to play up, like, take the piss out of, say, Dublin people. Yeah, know, yeah. Because well. But so with James and Chris, what, what's the content? Because so, I can't figure it out. So James is more... So he kind of weaves in life anecdotes on having confidence and not caring as such, but like goes through these mad self-deprecating stories. There's one of, he'd lost his passport when he was meant to go on the tour. And then he thought one of his balls was bigger than the other. So he thought he had cancer, like or testicular <laughs> cancer. And then also was there, and also, yeah, his car had a flat tire or something like that. And he's going into it. He's like, so yeah, I have this female doctor basically looking to see if like one of my balls is bigger than the other. And he's like, Man, is it with the stress of all these things going on? Have I just made this up? Well, you're one like, yeah. of like, um, So and it's more like mindset stuff. More like mindset. But he he had this re- he had this really funny bit about like how the how his prep for the tour was so fucking stressful. Yeah. And um. And, and then what's and, Chris's thing? Chris is Chris about? is more serious. Like, okay. but not 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 very solemn. Like he he was he had Chris good crack as well. Mm. And there is this lady heckling in the crowd, and she was pissed out of her mind. Oh, so. so so Chris, I don't know, had said something like, um, he said, you know, now if you're this average lad, he was given like this average English lad kind of thing. If you're an average lad from Carlisle, let's say, and then your one screams, he's like, I'm from Carlisle, like that. And he's like, he's like, um, what, what did he say? How do you shut off a heckler so like that? He know? did He did shut her off then because he he was like, um, oh, what, did, what did he say? I think she said, I'm from Carlisle. He's like, yeah, just jump in anytime you recognize a word. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> and then there was another, but she kept, she kept on going. Oh, and he's like, um, he, then he was, he, come on up. did he go on about something? He said, um, I don't know, is it something about if you have a speech impediment or if you have something like this? He's like, 
he's like, now if you can't say that, you may have a speech impediment. Then he looks back to her, he's like, or you might be from Carlisle. <laughs> and then, <laughs> nice. then, then the crowd, because the crowd were getting really annoyed at her. Yeah. And then he said, or you might be from Carlisle to, to something. And then the crowd was like, clappy, like, nice. Yeah. Bo- book ended. Okay, nice. Do you know that kind it's of- a scale, like, you know, public speaking. It's a super difficult thing to do. And I think the only way to really get better at it, you can practice it from the mirror, but the only thing that actually makes you better is getting up in front yeah. of the crowd and put, putting in the reps. He said he has a comedy coach. And an improv coach. What? And addiction coach. Like he's he's addiction coach. Addiction coach. So so no, that's like a space addiction coach for anyone here. He's not a, an addiction coach, but okay. like but so his he's actually trained his voice. If you hear from when he was earlier on, he sounds very Geordie. Mm, yeah. And then now he has this it's very neutral, po- posh, yeah. very posh English kind of accent. But so he he's kind of he's way more machined himself mm. and you know, has, has seen mad success from that. So it's definitely a learnable skill. Yeah. Do you know? For sure. Yeah. There's a lot of things like, there's so many ways to level up and, uh, you know, how do we, like a video game, XP points. You know, you go up and it's like, okay, gym, uh, mindset coach, um, voice coach, you know, confidence coach, everything. There's so many avenues that you can do to, to level up. It's wild. Yeah, it's interesting. You can have so many things factor into how well you might do online. Like your voice is certainly one of them. Yeah, and yeah. You can see some people just like their accent is a bit. Do you know, if, imagine if you had a big, a big like, you know, North Belfast accent trying to get people to understand you. Yeah. Rod, like you've seen... If you've like that, a nice English accent, I think like a South Dublin accent. Have you seen Rian Doris pop uh, up? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, and him, he, yeah. Ironically, for people at home, look at Rian Doris's YouTube. They're incredible videos, but his brother is Caelan Doris, you know. No way. Caelan Doris is his younger brother. And I found that out. I was like, Jesus Christ, like pretty high performing family. Yes, yeah, seriously. Do you know what's funny? People always like make fun of my accent on like TikTok and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, personally, I'll, I would choose it over yours. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, I'm like, bro, you can't even spell. Yeah, I was. <laughs> but that... yeah, you know, I don't, I don't mind it. I definitely, there's time when I get excited, my, it goes more South dublin as well. So <laughs> I try to keep it like, if I speak like this, it's a little bit more neutral, a little bit serious. But yeah, when I get excited, it goes all high pitched. Uh, South Dublin's a mint accent, though. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, I like it. It. Everyone hates on it, but it's like, hey, come on. It's it is best. a good one. I, I, <laughs> I get that abroad with some Irish people from Tipperary. Yeah. So I don't know how I came out with but my, my mom speaks really poshly. So yeah. but I'm like, I'll take that absolutely over bo- kind of a bogger accent. Yeah, I'll absolutely yeah. take it. People can understand me abroad. Yeah, exactly. On the, on the events thing, because you could certainly run more, you, you run creator agency events in Dublin, yep. in London. Um, you run two, two in Dublin, one yeah, in London. London yeah. Would you ever go back to doing events? Well, so... They were killer. So the one past summer in Marbella, that was pretty much, you know, just called something else. Um, but so that was like a real good feeling for me because obviously I did those events in, leading up to 2019. World ended, like specifically crowds. And so it definitely like knocked a lot of confidence out of me. I was like, oh, I got rusty. I was like, oh, no one's going to want to go to events anymore. And then I got the opportunity to uh, team up with those Limitless guys mm-hmm. to do it. And it was a hit, like fucking epic weekend and doing it in which is kind of like my hometown now, you know, doing it down the road for me really meant a lot to me. So that was one of my biggest highlights of the year. And I'm like, it really gave me a lot of confidence because I'm like, build it and they will come. People want to fucking go to anything. Yeah, there's actually, it's not that much 
events to go to. hundred percent. If you're if you're into like the same shit that we're into, you know, there's yeah. actually not that many. So I'm gonna do another huge one probably in May. Like I didn't even market you know that one yeah. much in June, and there was like what eighty people there, if not more. And <laughs> the boat was, the boat was, was fucking sinking. <laughs> Better sink, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> but I so I want to do one, hype it up, maybe start like hyping it up in even like February. And do something there. Again, probably here in Marbella. But then it would also be cool to do one in Dublin too. Are they hard to put on? Extremely. Like, they're super stressful. Like, there's so many moving parts. And, you know, getting all the speakers in the one place at the one time is like herding sheep. I'll never forget one of the uh, creator agency events I did. It was the one in the RDS. So I had, it was like Christian, Shawley, Max Tuning, Meg Squats did one as well. Uh, so like getting people from America and there's like missed flights, connecting flights, they get in like 10 hours before the event, they're jet lagged. Uh, you're, you're just like, oh, the sound and audio isn't working. It can get really, really stressful. But then when you do pull it off, you're like, what a feel. And then you go out afterwards for a nice dinner and a drink and you take that first sip of whiskey sour and you're like, we did it. better. We earned it, you know? Because <laughs> I hate drinking pointlessly or celebrating pointlessly. It's like no point celebrating if you don't got nothing to celebrate. So when you do like a real big event like that, a big win, it feels feels like your birthday. Yeah, man, that'd be so sick. Yeah, we, we did a kind of vibes. And... Yeah, you, you feel kind of like it's so so lame. So you feel like Wolf Wall Street because you know you get the high of speaking on stage every day. You're talking about business and fitness and stuff you like, and then everyone's like, "Wow, everyone's fucking hyped!" And then you go in afterwards, you party, and it, it's great. Sick. And you had just competed before that. Oh, bro, so, I had the best year of my life. By the way, <laughs> well, I swear to God, like this year has been like you know the way everyone always says like this is the best year of my life. No, this year was like, oh man, I executed on. Out of a crazy year. Really? Yeah. yeah. You, you compete up in Derry, was it? Yeah, yeah, Derry. And one in, in Marbella, about, well, Ben and Medina, about an hour away. And uh, yeah, so two shows, which I've never done, which was very physically tough in hindsight. When you're in it, you don't really realize how hard it is. But I, in hindsight, I was like, fuck, man, I was, I was training my ass off. Yeah. I mean, you'd a, you'd a big break from competing as well. It was like a couple, a couple of years. So oh, I'd yeah. say going back into competing was fucking rough. Oh, man. So the... Last one was like 2016, 17, and then I was started. I started prep, and I was 30 days in in London in 2020, 2019, 2020, that era, and then again, all competitions called off, like you know, just like the events, and so that was the last time I went to prep, and then. 2021, I was buying the house, renovating it, didn't even have a kitchen for most of the year. Like 2022 was like a real fun year, but it wasn't like I didn't have a base and I felt really unsettled. Like I can say like this was the best year ever. Last year wasn't, you know, I was kind of like all over the place and not very productive, but not every year can be the best year ever. And sometimes you're going to be a little bit, you know, some, some other shit needs to be done. Your priorities lie elsewhere. So then this year I was like settled. I got like my house, which is like, the productivity zone. It's like a studio. The kitchen is. I got all the appliances, the blender, the air fryer, everything. Like you know, the the perfect fridge. I'm like, there's no excuse not to just dial in. And so this year, you know, I did it. Got my best shape ever uh, and competed in two shows, which I'm so happy about. And it, I went like so. Obviously, you got to go monk mode when you're competing. When you're prepping, it's just there's no no options. You can't drink and you yeah. can't really go out and socialize and. Everything is timed perfectly to a T. So February to, you know, I went to the Maldives in January, 
had a good time. Then after that, I was like, all right, time to lock in until summer. And then I felt like I like really earned the summer. Whereas last year, I'm like, the whole year was like a summer and I felt undeserving and I felt guilty. Yes. Um, but yeah, this year was fantastic. What What's, what's the point within... A- a prep for a competition where it's kind of hardest I, i'd imagine it's actually not the end i'd imagine when it's i'd imagine it's when it's just gotten tough but there's loads of it to go yes so the end you're kind of you're running on fumes but you got like the end in sight so you got the finish line and you know you're, you're excited you got the adrenaline every day you're seeing like these changes the worst part like let's say it's like 12 weeks the most annoying part is like week eight to ten <laughs> You're like, oh, fuck me. You know, I'm like pretty much halfway, you know, and you're starting to dig and everything. And it's also funny as well. Like you're, you're in great shape and you don't kind of realize it at the time, you know, and they can really mess with your head. So it's, you, you definitely got to be mature to do it and have a pretty good self-awareness as well. But it can definitely fuck with your head no matter how advanced a, a trainee you are. Really, yeah. Yep. I imagine that, that could nearly, <laughs> that could nearly only get worse. I, I You'd want... I kind of had this idea in my head that all crippling body dysmorphia would go away past the point. You'd be like, you'd be like, yeah, I've arrived. Yeah, yeah, you think so. But I remember, um, so you also, something that's very prominent with competitors is eating disorders as well. And the first time I competed, I think this was just because I was so young and immature. I was like 22. And afterwards, I, I developed the worst binge eating disorder ever for about like 10 weeks. I just could not stop eating. I had no self-control lost all condition in like a week which is just mentally you see the change in the mirror and you're fucked in the head and then you're like yolo just keep eating and you just like you're like was your man globo gym (laughs) dodgeball white goodman yeah white goodman you're like ah screw this and like yeah mess with your head so much and so that's why i don't advise like most people ever compete really like if you can get yourself into a good sustainable routine just stay there and don't push it to the extremes but at this stage you know i got a good bit of maturity so i didn't didn't really have any rebound this year so you got a good pop from the crowd as well when you were back home competing yeah oh man you know? it, it was brilliant like i've been a christian there and like so we did like you know we hung around for like two hours after the show just chatting to everyone oh, definitely man. a huge highlight of my year Remember, what was the- <laughs> so actually someone asked me there like at podcast, they're like what's been a highlight of your year and i was like i competing for sure they're like didn't you get engaged last month <laughs> I was, like, I was like, oh yeah, forgot about that. Did see from Linda a text, question mark. Oh no, you're like, oh. I actually, the two. We haven't mentioned that even. Like. <laughs> the two of us were, were doing um, kind of like a podcast. Um, I'll tell you about it after the show. Um, two of us were doing like a Zoom podcast questionnaire thing. And I said that she was sitting right beside me. And I was like, oh yeah, that was great as well. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Like, already divorced now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Didn't see you there. Oh man, that's fucking <laughs> quality. Oh, that's absolutely. No, that, quality. that was definitely a, a highlight of my year. And uh, yeah, no, it feels feels nice to be engaged. You know, I think there's a big like even to go back to Twitter. I think there's like a uh, everyone's going the trad life again. You know, a lot of people just want to settle down and chill out. And, yeah. Like, well, it's like I was saying to you, coming from Dubai back to here, just all the five G and stuff in the place, like. I have like a consistent mild headache when I'm yeah. in Dubai. I, I really like the place, of course, yeah. and I've got a great network of people there, and like all my all my friends are there, and so on. Do you, do you um like how many months do you spend? Like, do you spend majority year in Dubai? No, fuck, I couldn't. I couldn't as well. All, most of our clients are in America, so like the the time, time zone, zone is yeah. fucking killer. I love the time zone here. One hour ahead oh, of Ireland, right. UK. I'm like, oh, it just gives you like gives that like hour back. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Mm-hmm. I mean. 
I think in in Dubai, it's like it, you have to really know why you're there, mm. and like and kind of remind yourself of that because it's. I know everyone thinks oh, like the tax, like that's great and all the rest of it, but there's more to to life than 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 just that. And it's like you know, even even you know, when you go home, you don't go. If you don't go home that often, you kind of you notice more gray hairs in your parents each time. Yeah, like because you, you don't. Scary feeling is that when you so, see your parents getting old. Yeah, and then you're like, right, so I'm 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 part of me as well. Don't get me wrong, like I see there are certain things being done in Ireland that I massively don't agree with. Especially but recently. Recently, yeah, like Fuck. like hate speech laws being implemented without a vote and stuff saw like that. I saw that. I but, saw like Mihal, Mickey Martin getting like <laughs> questioned on that and he just fucking bottled the answer. Yeah, like, but still part of me feels bad not contributing in a way. There's like some kind mm-hmm. of guilt in my head of like, oh, I, I'm like working age man and I'm just like not paying tax. And, st- and so there's, yeah. there's an element of like guilt within you of like, back in the day I've been in the war effort and now I'm off just... Now I'm off just fucking yeah, helping. Gallivanting. Gallivanting, <laughs> essentially. Up to haberdashery and tomfoolery. And, uh, <laughs> Great words. <laughs> yeah. But um, so there, there is an element to that. But Dubai, I think for the, the majority of the year, it's like, I would say, have you ever seen The Truman Show with Jim Carrey? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So It's if, like my it, life. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're living in Dubai for long enough, you, you will start to feel like you're, in the, like you're in The Truman Show. You're yeah. like, is that the horizon or is that just the set? Yeah. And kind yeah. of thing. But then... You know, I, I do have to I do have to say I, I really love all the people over there that, that I'm I'm fortunate enough to be friends with, and like I actually do massively respect the sheiks what they built. Yeah, Man, it, like forty years ago, I'm like, you know, Will Durant. By the way, he's like one of the one, probably the most famous historian of all time. He didn't like democracy. Mm. He thought monarchy was better if you had a good monarch. Now the the thing that hinges on is having a good monarch, which is fucking rare. Yeah. But like Queen Elizabeth, for instance, she couldn't have done a worse job than like all the other people there. Like <laughs> she seemed to have been a bit of a G. Like yeah. And and um. But yeah, sorry, on, on, on Dubai, I couldn't spend the majority of the year there just because of that, that Truman Show element. I'm like, I'm very Irish looking here. Like, oh, yeah. I can't, I can't like, like I, I, I burn out in the sun after like 10 minutes. And uh, I, I don't know where it came from. I, like I've made the Italian side. Some, some of the Rob Lipsetti in me, you know, <laughs> my, my, I go so tanned. Potentially the milkman's child. Yeah, you know? no, no, completely. <laughs> if I didn't look so like my dad, yeah. maybe the milk woman. <laughs> they don't exist, right? Yeah. Housewoman, well, like, like Paul, Pauline Mustard from, yeah. from, from, from Father Ted, Patricia Mustard. Only we would get that. Yeah. But, but, uh, yeah, where, where in Dubai do you live? Like, because I, I noticed JBR's downtown. Like, I live downtown, like literally a hundred meters from the Burj Khalifa. Okay, so I'm like, I'm in a really nice See, area. I, that, I love it there. That's the thing. I was about, so I'm about to book my accommodation for the month, and you know, I'm choosing a, a place to. To, to choose and I think I, I need to be near the beach like I yeah. need to kind of be able to walk as well I always stay in Rixos and yeah. I like being able to walk outside and just go in the door whereas is downtown not like this literary motorway literary motorway away yeah. yeah so that's the thing Dubai doesn't have one centre either it's in different places no. but there's a little taste of Marbella in Dubai as well by around Umsukame and Kite Beach around that area yeah, yeah, there's a little taste right. of that but JBR obviously that's I think Rixos is where Mike lives so yeah like, it is you have, yeah, yeah, yeah so so that, that was where I did the pod with James as well, and his gaff was there. Yeah, everyone kind of migrates there. But, it's great, great but, spot. But yeah, that's if if that's what you like, I'd definitely recommend that. But like Dubai, I mean, I'll, I I'll probably do actually two weeks in one place and then yeah. two weeks in another. I mean, I I've moved here because like where where I'm where I'm from, I'm there's mountains all around me. I'm close to the sea. Like here just has that element of like where you're from. I speak Spanish as well, so it's Do like, you? yeah, oh yeah. man, my Spanish still sucks. I can actually understand like everything, but when I try to speak with a South Dublin accent, they're like, "Hola, amigo, buenas." But I actually understand. Where do Padir in flat east? Por favor. But I actually understand it really well, and I can read it so well as well. I'm like. Yeah. 
fucking e-special. I'm like, clearly that means special. Half is, half is the same. Yeah. Totano, banana, same similar. Yeah. Like half, uh, it's so similar. But um, speaking it, I suck at it. And I definitely, definitely just need to like do in-person lessons. Yeah, way. no, it's, it's, it's sick, man. But I mean, on the, on the Dubai thing, yeah, I don't... I, I don't know how long I could necessarily last there because I do value nature a lot and, and so on and so forth. And it's like, after a certain amount of time of, of not paying tax, you're not going to mind paying it. Yeah. After a while, you'll be like, okay, go back home, we'll just chin it. Like, yeah. you know, it'll be, it'll be fine. <laughs> but I'll just chin it, man. It'll be, it'll, it'll all work itself out. But yeah. like, I know, I mean, for, the, for like going back to Ireland, does that tickle your fancy really at all? D- Dublin's different now, I must say. Like, as in, there are lovely areas of, of obviously South Dublin is kind of the meme, but like it yeah. is, it is true. Like there are places in South Dublin that are fucking gorgeous. Yeah, it'd be man. beautiful. Like you know, you know Rook, Ballsbridge, Ranlin, all that. So my goal definitely would be to like buy a property in Ireland. You know, I would just love to have a base there. And like to, one of the, one of the best things, most rewarding things I did was renovate the villa. I need to show you it actually. Yeah, right there. And um, so one thing, the most like creative and like oh satisfying things was like just seeing it come together and when I like do a post on the Villa page I'm fucking looking at it like non-stop swiping between them and it's like there's things that satisfy me I love it before and after like when a client you know gets shredded or even like when I, I follow someone's competition prep and I see you know, they, they see the start of the prep week one week 12 really satisfying it's the same with a house when I saw that house come together I was like oh man this was felt really good so I'd love to do that in Ireland you know get an old place and, and renovate it as well you know work with some cool builders in Dublin to just to make it slick so that's definitely a goal of mine and I want to you know send my son presuming it's a son <laughs> send, send my be. son to Clongo's same place that I went to as well which is a, a boarding school uh, that was definitely like one of one I'm so glad I went, you know. And Kildare? Yeah, and Kildare, yeah, you know. And I'm like, if I have kids, I want to I I offload them. <laughs> yeah, I want, to, I want them to go do their thing. And, uh, you know, so that's the one thing. I want to send my kids to school, my kids to school in Ireland. Um, but long, that's, like, so far away. Like, even I want to raise... Like let's say I'm a hypothetical son. You better be like, playing for the stars. Well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> First five years in Marbella, like in the sun, you know. But then, you know, and it's just a nice, carefree life lifestyle. But then, you know, when he gets like you know, 10, 11, 12, just send him to school in Ireland. Yeah, I think that's so. That it's probably like in ten years, I, I'd like to go back. Yeah, fuck. I mean, if I were to go back. I, I don't know what I live where I'm from. I'd probably go down to, I lived in Cork for like five years. So maybe mm. I'd go to, I'd maybe go to Cork. To, I like Cork. I like Cork, Galway, Dublin. They're, they're the best cities. Yeah, hundred definitely not Limerick. Man. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> I would say to... Up tip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah go on tip. Yeah. No, I would say, because my, my brother and sister went to, went to college in, in Limerick. And I, I'd be saying to like some of my friends from Limerick that the second you drive in there from tip, it's like going into the storm on Fortnite. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, ex- except, except instead of your like health points, it's your serotonin level that goes yeah. down. Oh man, li- 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 I, I don't want to but it is so drop, man. It, yeah, it not being, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> passing through. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I, on that, from, from finding the progression of, of something like that fascinating or just really enjoyable to watch, do you, do you still get that from other people's fitness content a bit more? If, if someone's like making a good series, it's like, I remember this is back, this is niche Irish fitness YouTube yeah. stuff, but I remember there was obviously yourself, like, this is probably 2017, 2018. Yeah. And then do you remember there was like the, the, the four horsemen. You had Alex P, you had Sean Cullen, you had 
Glenn, and yeah. then you had Kyle Mullen as yeah. well. <laughs> like, is there anyone in the Irish fitness scene that's like exciting you at the moment that you'd oh. see around the place? Because there's still so much room, man. I feel like some of those people, like Glenn's still smashing it. Yeah, like, like Glenn's full Glenn's... time, full time YouTube. So th this this is so so wild. Okay, uh, so there's loads of lads like Sean Casey, Sean Fitz, blowing up on your know, TikTok and Instagram, hitting crazy numbers, uh, doing your know, vertical content. There's still so much room for long form YouTubers. There's three fitness YouTubers in Ireland. <laughs> Me, Caroline, Amani, and Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Imagine three in an entire country. All, all smashing it. Oh yeah, they're all doing great full time. And it's like, I don't know why. There's there's loads now doing short form on TikTok and you know Insta, but I'm like. Why aren't like people in Ireland just doing long form vlogs and, and fitness videos? Like it's so open, it's absolutely crazy. It's such a, it's such an and appetite that, that's for that. How you, that's the biggest conversion you'll get if you want to make a business is is just doing the Sam Sulik, doing the Christian <laughs> Guzman, doing the Rob Lips. It is uploading twenty minute videos, just showing everything, going about your day because they're they're the videos that people watch when they're eating a meal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to really bond with someone, <laughs> get them when they're eating. You know? <laughs> It's like you're going on a date with them, <laughs> you know? I've, I've actually developed such a parasocial relationship with all of those. I remember going yeah. through Instagram with some of my pals from Armagh yeah. and like they were, we're I think we were on like Sean Collins page. We we're like, damn, we haven't seen him post with Dano in a while. Have they fallen out? And we, and we were all like, we we're all like, man, Sean and Dano better not have fallen. We we're like, yeah. we we're like, that was the dynamic duo and they were in like San Francisco and stuff. I know, yeah. I met uh, Sean down at the Barbers over the summer actually. So yeah, we, we had a good cash up. And I actually trained with Kyle in Alphaland, Alphalid Alphaland. He's in ridiculous, Nick. Um, oh, he's in crazy. He was he was like two weeks out as well. And so he was like dialed in. And yeah, we had a good catch up, good session. Yeah, good feel, good Man, feel. that is sick. Yeah. Another, another evolution there, I, I think, on, on the fitness front was like you, you were always kind of coaching. You were like, obviously your background is like always, you, you've kind of coached people for like nearly 10 years now, probably yeah, over yeah. 10 years at this point. Yeah. So down over a decade of experience, that's yeah. mad. But you went from- <laughs> Put that in the course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you went gym floor, and like you kind of have a mix of online and probably some like maybe it's doing some in-person stuff. Maybe if it was in Portobello or Sandyford or somewhere like that. You then built the app. Yeah. I'd, some are they? I'd imagine they're a cunt of a thing to build. Yeah. So <laughs> you know you outsource a lot of it, of course, to the app developers, and they do all the coding and make sure the shit works. The hardest part is uh, creating the content on the app. So writing out all the workouts, uh, putting in all the meals, like the meal recipe library. You have to basically cook and photograph and recipe hundreds of meals and then recording the video exercise library there was like a few days where <clears throat> i'd be in raw gym for like eight hours a day just doing like one set of every exercise and i'd have like 400 exercises right now and i was like i don't know there's 400 <laughs> exercises that existed and i'd just be doing that non-stop and then you've edit all them you've to pay the editor and the videographer so, and then you, you have to pay the app developer as well so there's quite an upfront cost but if you build up the hype you know you'll make it all back in like the first week if not the first month but it, it's it's definitely a long and uh kind of like strenuous frustrating process and then you got to keep it updated as well um but it's you just you just do it all at once and then it's not too bad does it take much of your time just keeping a little bit of updates here like let's say if you're like if you're even adding new recipes or you're adding like new kind of routines that you were doing, does that take up a bit of your time as well? So now you try to outsource as much of it as possible and put as much systems in place so that it's kind of, you know, free flowing. But this, this is also a thing as well, like in general life, 
when you, uh, let's say you hire a PA, no one can take your calls. <laughs> you know, no one can be you. So no matter how good the systems you are, you put in place and how much outsourcing you do, you still got to do the work. So yeah, no, it, it is quite time consuming. And so I started off uh, just doing like email coaching, one-on-one charging fucking nothing for it. <laughs> like nothing and selling the odd like 10 euro ebook. Then in 2018, developed an app. And obviously nowadays, um, pretty much everyone has like their own app server thing but i was like we one of the first to do it in 2018 and so that's still going now i rebranded to call game plan it used to be called lips of fitness but it's you know more or less the same just updated and then about a year and a half ago i went back to one-on-one you know vip high ticket coaching and that's been really rewarding as well where i'll just work with about 20 guys and you know it's a big investment and it's very hands-on i do it i also hire like coaches so you get two coaches you get me and then someone else as well to make sure like everything is 24 7 and they all they all get results because you're making an investment and that's like that's one of the biggest things i've noticed if people like they'll buy an ebook for 20 quid they, they probably not even follow it you know mm. whereas like some people will get killer results but because you're not making that big investment there's a lot of people that will just fall off but when you're on someone's ass and they make a big investment everyone gets results so it's, that's cool to see and, and it's really rewarding did you miss that side of it in kind yeah of the, yeah the that, contact? that's exactly what i did and then so the fitness industry comes and goes and trends so everyone had an app and it was like you know just churning out programs which are all legit and everything but then people started missing that human touch and human you know contact so that trend is now back and everyone's going hard in the high tech coaching then they'll probably go on something else probably like ai or something next <laughs> ai coach yeah like. yeah exactly so you were one of the first to market with the app i know you're you're going to be helping people actually let's say monetize their personal brand from yep. fitness because so, so many creators they're like they're really smart in terms of growing their brand but they're just awful at monetization yeah so what actually goes into monetizing well as a creator? So the best thing that you can do is not think about monetizing for five years. <laughs> it's like literally build the community first and then build the product or the service, the offer around that community. Too many people, and this is why I think a lot of Irish people that they maybe tried like YouTube for a while and they didn't see that immediate return and they said, screw this. So many people, they put their hands out straight away and they're like, hey, come on, let, let's go full time. Let's go. And it's like they haven't put in the reps, the volume, the years, and they're already asking for handouts. So you need to build that community first. Like imagine Sam Sulik in, in a year's time dropped like, you know, a coaching program or like oh. his own Supman brand or something. Imagine a Sam like webinar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would be so there. Listen, listen to him talk about his chocolate milk. It's like an eye-watering price. You're just getting, yeah. get, getting the card out. <laughs> but so he like, he, he doesn't even, he hardly even like, he's sponsored by like a Supman brand. He hardly even like promotes them. And I'm sure he like kills it on commission. But it's like, just try, be patient and just not put your hand out for, for as long as possible and then so when you do then you know it'll be great and so that's why with me if i drop this course i'm like i've got 10 years proof of work you know so i 10 years until you know i've dropped this so the longer you can wait and the longer you can build a community for it, the bigger it'll blow and are there pitfalls that people might go into where they monetize the wrong way like let's say they let's say you could probably my sense is that you could probably make more off a very well done info product than you could off of selling someone else's products even if and they might be products that you actually don't massively like yeah um 
And it also comes back to a bit like integrity as well. It's like if you're offering like coaching and it's high ticket, it's like you haven't coached anyone. It's like, how can you, you've like started this a year ago. It's like, how can you, how can you do this? You know, so how, do people monetize with the wrong things then? Yeah, kind of, for sure. And also people on social media, not just fitness, they'll like go on Love Island or something to come out and they'll just promote anything. And it kills that long-term trust and it kills the long-term integrity. Yeah. I'd say people are always watching. Oh yeah, even, for sure. Even if they're not, even if, you might think of like people are kind of registering what you're doing. Your stuff's generating impressions. So people yeah. are, are having a quick look at like, but um, have you, uh, have you seen people who, I mean, is there an element of you could do well with that short-term strategy, but it is just that short-term strategy and then it can, it can fade away. Have you uh, like in terms of sustaining it long-term, right? So we have don't monetize right away. Keep, yep. you know, keep kind of building up that goodwill and stuff like that. You know, let's say you're selling the right things. Um, but like keeping that kind of long term, like you'd probably, it's kind of tough because you have to be this creative, but you'd also have to be good at business because fundamentally what you're selling needs to be fucking good. Yeah, exactly. So at the end of the day, it comes down to like knowing your shit, you know, that especially in the fitness industry, you need to be able to differentiate between what's bullshit, what's legit, what's evidence-based advice. And so it all ultimately comes down to like how much passion you're going to put into it and how much time you're going to put into it. Like you actually got to be really obsessed with training and nutrition uh, because that's what it all comes back to. And like you're like, ask me, you're like, do you still watch like fitness videos and fitness vlogs? Yes. Yeah. It's like, I still, I don't care if I already know the info. I'm going to go back and learn about it anyways. And that's what you got to be. No matter what industry you're in, you got to be passionate about it because people can sniff it out in a second like if you're just jumping on the latest trend for no reason if you're not actually passionate about this topic yeah. it's going to show it's interesting yeah it's interesting you, the, the kind of trends philosophy there of how it how it flips back and forth i mean now you don't see the sort of kind of more lifestyle you know like we're saying like the edited kind of lifestyle stuff like we're saying the likes of um you know those old kind of david laid videos or yeah. kind of uh the like when you I don't know what years would have been but back when you had this fucking I, I know your content better than you know yeah, yeah, but exactly. like back when you had like the the Renault Kadjar yeah. like that, that time and, Renault. and that was um was that like 2017 that was I think you'd been on like Love Island I think yeah. you had the Kadjar at that time that's yeah. it yeah I got that but Renault like, ambassador, yeah. ambassadorship yeah <laughs> but that uh the, the kind of vlogs you were doing in that era that doesn't seem to be like the style now so you're what do you do you think that this long form trend will continue for a lot more time do you think content will move into another kind of zone soon or? yeah i definitely think long form is getting even more and more popular like yeah and the lot yeah the vertical content was like pretty much invented but like i still think how many times okay this is how i judge okay when i'm in the gym and i meet someone i watch myself no one's ever came up to me and said hey i love your instagram pictures Hey, I love your reels. No one's ever, ever said that. They're always like, oh, love that fucking YouTuber, that podcast you dropped. And there's like, oh, now this part, and you start talking about it. No one's ever said, hey, I love that ab selfie post. <laughs> there's like no depth to <laughs> it at all. Unless you're in the George, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, then, then there's a different story. <laughs> niche, but niche, I think long, jokes. Yeah, long form's always the way. And um, like, for example, Joe Rogan uh, episodes are three hours, and people they find a way to listen to them all. So like, I think longer is always better and, and that's how you build that really, really depthful connection with them. 
Interesting. Yeah. So do you want to do you want to push the pod more as well as people are are available in Marbella? Like the summer, people are always passing through. Yeah. Yeah. No, summer's a great time to do it. And uh, I actually got my first like podcast sponsorship (laughs) as well. I got like I think three. They all shout out Darren. Yeah, he's my producer, Darren Lee. He um. He like organizes them as well. And we got like Oracle and Babel. And there's another one, you know, I'll wait to confirm. But it's it's lucrative, man. I'm like companies, they view podcasts as very legit. So these like big tech companies will throw a lot at it, you know. Very I'm like, you'll get a return on this. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, now they do because it's a more mature audience, you know, that listen to podcasts. It is, yeah. I wonder that, that to me is such a black box of let's say brand deals and stuff like yeah. that. Because I was saying this to, because to, obviously, my, like I work with e-commerce brands, a lot, a lot of my friends do. Well, like, what's the, be- the best traffic you've seen for e-com? Like, what's the best way to make e-com sales? Simple as. So, what it, this is going to kind of depend brand to brand. I mean, it's still, it's it's still just going to be Facebook ads, Facebook, yeah. Instagram. Like now, what's changed though is like you need to you need such a high volume of like good ad creatives. Yeah. So, so I've sent- never ran a successful ad in my life. So here, ever. Here, here's Can you help me? <laughs> yeah. I do. I do ads. I do email yeah. and SMS yeah. marketing. But like the, the basically, what kind of happened from that like iOS fourteen thing that everyone like made a big deal and it was a massive deal. So like around like February March twenty twenty one was basically the tra- the the targeting system on Facebook and Instagram ads back in the day should not have been legal. Yes. Like yeah. absolutely should not have been legal. So there's a guy called Nick. Listen, your phone listens to what you're talking about. Crazy shit. It's mad. There's, there's a guy called Nick Shackelford who I'm like, like DM chatting DMs a few yeah. times. I'm good friends with his business partner, a guy named Chase Diamond. Um, what that's a stage name right there. Yeah, that's that a, is that's a porn star name right there. <laughs> nice. But so my name's Chase, Chase Diamond. You're like instant respect. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a firm handshake yeah, with that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but um, he used to do media buying for Apple. So he used to be, he used to be Apple's media buyer, and he was like, yeah, like you could target people of of a certain ethnicity in a certain neighborhood of a certain age range. He was like, it should not have been, it should not have been legal. Yeah. And then basically what happened was that all those targeting options went away. So you couldn't target them from the dashboard. So you had to target them another way. So basically you had to run broad ads basically to like the whole population yeah. or at least a big segment of the population and the creative, the messaging within that ad creative had to do the targeting for you to call out that person and get them to, to pay attention. Yeah. That along with increasing kind of CPMs as like made, made it a lot more difficult, but it's, it's overall still going to be Facebook ads. I still like, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't touch like if I were in, in e-commerce and I'm running a brand, I wouldn't want to do anything without at least an 80% gross margin though. Yeah. And so what is the biggest factor for a successful ad is the actual content itself, like the video. So within, so let's say that the content of the ad, if we go into that, there has to be like actual, like convincing sales argument. Like there needs to be a strong offer. There needs to be like a time frame for that offer to be realized in some kind of risk reversal is ideal. And then fuck those of social proof around that risk reversal. Yeah. So like loads of, loads of good reviews, like UGC is kind of like the main format that people are kind of using now. So yeah. it's like a creator who's really an actor. It should be called actor generated content rather yeah. than user. But yeah, so the, the content of the ad you know, so it's not necessarily like the format of the ad, but the content. So you have like risk reversal, or sorry, you have claim like with time frame. So that's like the offer, um, claim, time frame, risk reversal. Then there's a social proof around it. Yep. Um, that's kind of the main thing, and having like lots of good creatives like that. Yeah. Which is like they're a bit of a skag to like make make that that amount of it that amount of creative. So that's like really increased the burden on brands these days. But like, yeah, the kind of you can't like just slap up a picture and get fucking six X row ass like you could have in 2018. Yeah, you know, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But um, 
No, it's it's interesting, man. Like a lot of brands are evolving. Like it's in there's pl- like plenty of our of our brands who we'd see. I mean, like they like they it really hasn't affected them at all. And in some ways, like the brands who have like really solid economics fundamentally, they it's nearly benefited them because it's kind of like people who are already on shaky foundations get kind of washed out. Yeah. But like so then there, there's kind of. I, I'd say that there'll be a huge renaissance in e-com when this kind of when we're out of this recession. It'll be a huge renaissance. In a fr- Are we in a recession? Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> all right, nice. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing all right. <laughs> oh, man, we're absolutely in a recession. No it's way, just, really? It's, like, look at the... like. Okay, so a recession is basically two uh, two successive quarters of, of economic slowdown. Yeah. The UK is in a recession. Ireland, like... Ireland's GDP figures are completely inaccurate because of the multinational setup. Yes, yeah. So like, the, I actually just watched a video on that. There, like, apparently Ireland's like the richest country in the world, or which something. is so yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. It's a, apparently the average, the average GDP in Ireland is seventy five grand. I'm like, that's just like not true. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. fundamentally not true. It's just money in a bank account there for 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 multinationals. So if we if you adjusted for that, we're in we we fit that criterion as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think there's like a huge clear out in terms of e-com brands at the minute and like good good brands will will have like, will have a huge return. You have the benefit as well of it being like a creator brand and having your personal brand behind it for Fuel Cakes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they, they actually just sold out this morning. So, well, Buttermilk already sold out like a few weeks ago and then the other flavors just, they're, they're pretty much gone. There's like a few left, like, Based. but yeah, yeah, he's after Black Friday. So yeah, that, that was a good one. How do you find running the brand as well on top of things? Oh, super. It's a super balancing act at the moment. Like, honestly, and I, I'm not at the stage where I can like, you know, hire like a manager or, you know, something. So it's so hard. I've like game plan, the app, high ticket, YouTube itself, which is the hardest business of all. Then we have fuel case thrown in on top of it. Then I'm trying to have a normal life. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to build a fucking villa, you know? Yeah. Oh man, they're going to try to compete. Oh shit. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that. So yeah, it's been a packed year and then adding like an e-com brand fuel case on top of that. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So it's so hard trying to balance it all. Then I'm paying all these editors. I'm like, oh my God, where's all this money going? But yeah, so it's done. You know, it's it's a balancing act for sure. And I actually kind of like, uh, you know, there's definitely, uh, I fell into the trap of uh, wanting the, you know, average millionaire has seven streams of income. And I was like, need more streams, <laughs> need more streams. And then it's actually the way you, you do it is you just concentrate on one at a time. So that's something I definitely not regret. Like, you know, things are all go great. But if, if someone, they, it sounds cool to say I have all these different streams of income, but it's, it's tough in, in reality. I feel like there's a nice platitude tweet in there. It's like, don't have seven streams of income. Focus on one till it becomes a river. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, nice. I didn't even think I of might, that. Stream might, and river. Might become a ghostwriter. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But yeah, that, that, is, that is literally the, the direction. Even like you see Hormozy with the, with the acquisition.com thing. Like, yeah, you just focused on one business sold and then kind of went into investing yeah. in the others after a while. It's more like a preservation strategy. I always find it wild that like Hormozy was in the fitness industry. <laughs> he's more he's more in the guru industry. Yeah, no, now he is, but he was with Gym Launch, you know, when he first in them. How common do you think it is when, right, I got to voice this properly, when there's someone on, big on you know, money, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, 
there's someone and they're claiming to be an expert in something and that's where they make their money from but the real way they're making a money their money is selling a course about the topic <laughs> not the actual co- topic it's like i will sell, sell you my course on trading how i'm like a you know, eight figure trader it's like but they suck at trading and they're actually making all their income yeah. from the course how I mean, common is that <laughs> so common bro but i mean right let's say okay here, here's here's one thing i should have added earlier as well here's where it's white hat not black hat oh, right, right. <laughs> Is like let's say someone someone heavily blessed white hat <laughs> white pills white pills uh, um, sounds so, nice yeah it's, it's very it's very nice to do yeah. so okay let's say someone is teaching you how to achieve X thing right so let's say they make X doing this thing and they make ten X from the coaching business yeah right so those are the variables but if they're teaching you how to do X and and they they actually are like the, the business makes 10x teaching how to do x but their other, other business does x that's they make 10 yeah. grand a month they make 100 from the coaching a month yeah but if they can teach you how to get 10 get to 10 grand a month doing that thing it's not unethical yeah it's just fine but it's, but, fine. It, but it's and i think a lot of people conflate that and think oh like he's making all his money from courses i'm like but is he telling you is he it depends like what's he claiming on the front end yeah but also yeah it's the most classic thing ever it's like guys like you know here's how to get this treasure and he sells you this map he made his treasure by selling maps you that, know what i mean that's a, probably the best analogy that i've heard to describe what i said yeah, yeah and with the, this is this is the the thing even with even with tate like is in i i've it's it's funny I've, it's so funny I've, i like um i followed tate for about five and a half years now at this point no so, way so i was i was got in early got in early but like i always kind of lulled at like a lot of the stuff particularly stuff he said about women because like my lived experience was so much different like, yeah, what he said, yeah I was like, this, I, I, was like, I find it hard to take that stuff seriously i think it's just complete satire yeah. you know yeah stuff but, says, like. but him as well like he like the claims he makes like like don't get me wrong like i like i i absolutely interviewed hate like, yeah, of course, yeah, of course yeah. i would but like um he the claims he makes right so he he said he made all this money from a webcam studio mm. what i actually think happened was like so they moved over to romania i think they have a lot of connections there but like they what they used to sell the courses was this stock lamborghini huracan which you look it up it's about 100 grand yeah so now you could lease that for like a grand a month yeah okay so like i think they made a bit of money like from a webcam studio because even now they're trying to backtrack on all the things that they've been saying because of the court case and they're like oh yeah oh yeah it's a tiny but no we had a tiny webcam studio i'm like whoa whoa, whoa hold up chief I'm yeah like, yeah four you years ago you were saying you had 70 girls inside in your webcam studio and now you're saying it was a tiny webcam studio yeah. like what's like what's good that's a bit of a freudian slip yeah <laughs> and like and then like you're but they basically parlayed that into selling courses on how to do that and how to how to you know get in shape how to get girls all the, all this sort of thing and how yeah. to build a webcam studio that was how they made their money but then what really made them was when when they started to they started to grow more and more and they were selling the hustlers university that started to really make them to really make them but then they parlayed that info product cash into crypto and tate was tate was like tate made some mad calls like he had balls of steel like he made some mad calls on crypto in 2020 yeah. like he was in pancake swap on like day zero yeah and like so he i, I fully believe they made like mid eight figures in crypto wow and but like the story that and that's probably where it still is now i just watched the interview with pierce morgan there like so she he was like if the romanian authorities took everything you have how are you like going out for a meal like how, how are you living and he's like oh i'm not you know it's just somewhere so it's probably all hidden in some like random crypto okay you know it is I mean? man and, and it definitely is and also for 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 him like the the kind of whole story basically i call this the grifting singularity so this is where someone claims to have made money so grifting basically for anyone home being a grifter is basically teaching people making most of your money from teaching people to do something you haven't done right 
So the grifting singularity is when you become so successful at the grift that the success of your grifting operation becomes the social proof yeah. ra rather, yeah, than, rather, yes. rather than the thing you were originally doing. So yeah. then you're like, so even when I'm saying this thing of like Tate's a grifter, I'm like, he scaled Hustlers University like four million a month. I can't help but respect it. Yeah. So the grifting singularity has happened. He's at this point now where he's too big to fail because it's like, he's like, yeah, well, like, look, look, you're kind of like, yeah, look, I kind of half respect it even so, yeah. even if you haven't done none these things you're claiming to have done in my humble opinion. And... That, that's kind of that's kind of what he's done and 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 like you just like there's plenty of people like this there's one, one more person who's like very big these days who, who like who, who's done this as well yeah. um who I, I don't know the person personally but yeah. like but yeah um and also on the arrest thing right so he's very well connected in romania yeah. right do you notice how he did a podcast run in december in, in dubai and yes. he like even was flying people in and he kept saying the first strike is you know they, yeah, they can't see the second seconds, strike is jail yeah. He's very well connected in Romania. Do you honestly think he didn't know the arrest was coming? Yeah, that's right. Like, do you, a lot like, of people the, like there would have been well. a, there would have been a court order. Yeah, and it's like, do you really? So he's he's claiming like they do the three things and they kill you is the final thing. It's like very convenient. You were saying this on every podcast, like right before you got arrested. Yeah, imagine he like uh, he got someone to like attempt to assassinate him or something. Yeah. That that could happen. Oh, like he'd, he'd absolutely do that. But yeah. like for it's it's just such a fun like. It's such a funny space. Like, imagine being at, like, a barbecue at home and, like, telling your grandmother, you're like, no, no, like, they're digital products, but people still say 10 left. Oh, you're like, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're, like, your, your granny's like, what? <laughs> like, honestly, but how are there 10 left? That, they're, that's they're, they're, obviously <laughs> even trying to explain online coaching to my parents back in the day. Like, I just, the only way I, I could explain to them, I just had to move out. <laughs> I was like, I'm gone, right? I'm moving out, I'm getting well, an apartment in Sandyford. They're like, how? What was the one? Of, was, was your mom, like, uh, was your mom, like, what are you doing? Jumping jacks? Jumping jacks through <laughs> Skype, and I'm like, sounds kind of legit. You know, I'm like, that, that's a good way to explain it. I was like, sure, but uh, yeah, I remember like they just did not understand any of it. And the, when I dropped out, and you know, start, started quit my job and everything, you know, it was hard for them to understand. But it's a different ge generation, I'm sure. With that, when we have kids and we look at some of the shit they're doing, it'll blow our mind as well. It'll blow our minds as well. Yeah, yeah. I feel a lot of that benefit. A lot of that's happened. I, I feel like your generation more though saw a massive Bro. shift because like I grew up with my phone. I grew up with all these. Whereas we you, didn't. You're like, probably like Instagram was invented. It's crazy. What age were you in Instagram? Like, so I w I'm 31 now. I would have been, jeez, when I was like in my teens, like, you know, 13 to like 18, it was just coming into play, you know? Yeah, geez. Like we had like a flip phone and everything. Facebook, Facebook was 07. Yeah, yeah. But so it was like, like it was, 15. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember I had the first social media, I had Bebo and then <laughs> Facebook, man, hit, hit's dead. Bebo. But like this whole like live and, and streaming and like, Instagram putting up stories and everything did not exist and I'm very grateful that I had a childhood without that yeah definitely my brain might be absolutely rotted like, <laughs> yeah, like just man. internally like a smoker's lung up here man have you seen some of those have you seen some of those like TikToks the one and it's like ice cream you know the, the, they do the thing NPC TikToks yes yes bro I'm like what the fuck do you do you did you see this stat that was like it's like it's like 40-something percent of people don't have an inner monologue. What? Now, I don't necessarily... They can't, like, hear their own thoughts? They, they don't have a running monologue in their head. I, I was like, I was like, I saw that, and I was like, I don't believe that, surely. But, I do believe that. But I'm imagine... A, bro, that, that is an NPC. That's an NPC. Like, honestly, <laughs> me and Linda always do NPC spotting. Like, I'm just walking in the street like, NPC. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I did, I did you this. You can tell. They got that fluoride stare. <laughs> <laughs> that fluoride stare. 
I do this. I do this now in Dubai. Like, Dubai is a couple of like native varieties of NPC, like that are only only present in Dubai. If you're putting on your David Attenborough hat, yeah. I remember being at this place, Kobea, down the marina, like having a. I was working and I was having a coffee, and there was this like kind of I call this like the Russian uh, the Russian bimbo mother NPC, oh. and like they're like you like Fendi tube brand, like wearing half nothing. She and Pomeranian. Pomeranian two daughters there with her yeah and a crow flies onto the table she's like scrolling on her phone fluoride's there constantly and literally this crow comes onto the table takes her daughter's food off the table and she doesn't look up no at all that she's looking at and this was like man Truman show oh my god you know what I also hate as well I'll never understand it and I see see constantly I'm at a restaurant super nice restaurant okay like you know no boo no to blue whatever okay and I see the table next to me and the waiter clears off the table there's like seven pieces of sushi. And I'm like, you know, that's like 10, 10 euros per piece right there. I'm like, people that don't finish their meals in restaurants does not compute to me. I'm always like, I, fin- I clear off the whole day. <laughs> or being rude to the waiting staff. That's a big Man, red that's flag. Like, that's, that's like the like, biggest red flag there is. Like, Especially, you notice this in Dubai because of the, like the system where like, people get paid half nothing like people coming yeah. over from third world countries to like work there they get paid off nothing you're like man, be very polite like yeah. very like doorman i'm like sending him kindle books like yeah. I, got, I got him got him to download the kindle app on his phone i brought like my friend from home we went down we went to my old building in the marina because we were just going by on a scooter and i, I walked in and the lads like remembered my name they're like these lads from india and like we like, like we used to be bringing them in like like medjool dates and stuff like, and they, i'd be like <laughs> the boys as well they yeah. like we'd like a friend from kilkenny i was living with as well like we come in we get into the same mad irish shit as well I'd be like well lads any scandals no no scandals no scandals but it's very and so how do you get around dubai actually you just mentioned scooter i'm like do you have, do you have a car there or anything um yeah well no use taxis yeah to be honest like it's just heavy taxi right i remember my bill last time i was there for months i was like i tallied up my ubers i'm like oh my sh- they could have rented a fucking lambo for the yeah month. you could have and the 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 thing which is, which is going to be interesting to see how dubai develops is because of the rock formation there you can't really make a tube like you yeah. can't you can't make an underground okay so they're gonna have to just build more motorways on the interior probably and like a big like left a big, train big yeah. loop big loop hyperloop yeah fuck no get Elon in there <laughs> get Elon in there disorted out yeah but um yeah so man the traffic there that's the thing right so there's about 4 million people in Dubai now they want to get it to 10 million by 2040 or something like that I'm like Swap. Jesus Christ bro like I don't want to be there when it's like that yeah I know but still apparently if you look at the biggest percentage increases in valuation and properties apparently last year Dubai was the biggest Apparently something like three hundred percent more than Manhattan. Apparently, Jesus Christ! Yeah, so, would you ever yeah. buy in Dubai? Um, I, I'd probably be. It depends on the location, right? Yeah. So, like, I six so, penthouse be nice. Yeah, <laughs> my my friend who was on the the pod a few weeks ago, he's gonna be gonna put up a clip with him today. He like from from home. He just moved over. He's a real estate broker there, and he was going on about like if you buy like pre built. Or like yeah. you can buy things that are like not even finished developing, yeah, and you can flip them. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I'd do something like that. But if I were to, if I were to buy, I'd probably buy here. Like. Man, it was honestly zero regrets. Best decision. Like my place is like I'm not I'm not joking. It's like over doubled in value. It's crazy wow. with the renovation and everything. Because like it's probably I'm not blowing my own trumpet here, but it's probably one of the most significant renovations ever. Like it's pretty. We did a pretty good job. Like we stripped it out. Like people are writing articles on it and wow. reposting and shit. So it went up a lot. So and, Miguel, and the location. Gone. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. RIP. <laughs> and it, it's in such a good location. Like pretty much Port of Benoist. We walk to the port every day. Like wow. so, so yeah. No, it's good, no regrets. I mean, would the economics on that be nice? From like, if you were to let's say rent 
properties out here like is like the delta between what you pay for the property and then what you would be able to rent it for i'm sure it's way better than home yeah no it's huge because it's a in summer like a tourist european hotspot it's kind of like buying a place in like this south of france like monaco or something mm. you know where where else in the summer can like you go to that has everything that's direct flights from ireland that's like perfect weather like best gyms best restaurants beautiful beaches like there's honestly not that many places so yeah no it was a super good investment so what are your if you if you were trying to sell marbella to someone as a as a location to go to Particularly, I, I think people get negative connotations. Like I was saying to you, my brother called Ibiza, Liverpool, and the sun. Yes. Like, right in there. But like, yeah. the, do you, like here, you can live a very wholesome lifestyle as well. It's Man, not, it's not I, just. I did, I did a competition prep here. You know, that's, that says a lot. I actually found it like easier to do here than in like Dublin, where like the only thing to do is eat and drink. Like that's literally it. You go to like pub, eat a fucking burger and drink yeah. pints. Watch, like, the, watch the stir. Well, I mean, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or God forbid, watch the gas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there, there's just like a lot more to do here and that it, it doesn't involve drinking. I know there's obviously a huge party scene here, but you know, there's just with the climate and everything, there's a lot to do. So what would you say, like, if you're if you're selling, let's say someone is quite fitness oriented, they're yeah. career oriented, what would you say, what are the main selling points of, of Marbella? Honestly, this sounds so me. There's going to be an ad creative for the Marbella <laughs> yeah, Tourist Board yeah, now. It should be. The gyms are like, they're like, they're like the best. Like, they're the biggest gyms in Europe and there's five of them. I have five gym memberships. I have five. Like, I, I don't even want to know how much it equals per month. One of them is 300 <laughs> per month for me and Linda. So it's, it's got to be over, up around a grand. Because I always get one for Linda as well. But uh, it's the gyms, the overall lifestyle, the food, the people you meet. It's close to home. There's a reason I don't feel homesick because 30-year-old flight for two, hour, two and a half hours to get back to Dublin. Don't even check in luggage. It's in the EU, so you kind of feel like, you know, you're not far from home. So if you're like, you know, from Ireland, it's it's definitely a no-brainer. It's such a no-brainer. Yeah. Bro, you should definitely get that onto Twitter of like the five gym memberships. Like everyone's just going to be commenting based, 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 based. Yeah, based. I'm, I'm actually going through that. Am I going through that? Yes. <laughs> spend a great <laughs> Like, I don't yeah. even know how much I spend on gym memberships. Yeah. Don't want to know, actually. No regrets. Yeah, Christ almighty. Yeah. But um, what would you say? So, what would you say is next? I know you you're gonna push kind of the new business. Uh, like, who, who knows when you'll kind of push that that yeah. live? But it's at least something you're kind of thinking about. Um, what would you say are like the next things for you? You know, career wise, I think that would that would be a huge boon for you. Like the like kind of helping people like actually monetize the right way and just do it in a way that's like good for their followings as well. Cause like yeah. there are certain people who don't actually have products. And I'd love to buy something from them. Yeah, exactly. Like there are pe people where I'm like, I'd love if you created like an info product on how you did X, Y, and Z, even if it's like an ebook for like 30 quid or something like that. Yeah. Like I don't like something dead cheap that anyone will buy. Yeah. I'm like, like let's say Chris Williamson is, is a great example. If he made an ebook just on like how he went from kind of the doldrums in 2018 to where he is now. Yeah. Like, so I, I would buy it. Like, I'd, so I'd buy that people. instantly. Yeah. Like, I, I wish he had a product like that. Yeah. But um, th that's getting sidetracked. The what are the the next things for you for for business wise in particular? For sure. So, like, what I do, you're actually first person I've told about that. First time I've <laughs> said publicly. So you know, go into the kind of course business coaching scene. Uh, I think that's something that I'm confident that I bring a lot of value in, and I got the receipts. I got the proof work behind me. Then just keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I've I love my life so much, and I'm like, <laughs> I'd be fine if I made no more progress <laughs> for the rest of my life. I just want to maintain what I got going on. <laughs> 
but look, I'm always going to push it, you know, compete again, uh, get more active on YouTube, Sam Sulek style, just be bashing out content. And then once I do that, opportunities arise. So that's the plan. Amazing. Finally, links, what, what should people be looking at to, to, to it, find you? Just search up Rob Lipson on YouTube or on Instagram, you'll find everything. Beautiful. That's it. Rob Lipson, everyone. Thank Boom. you very much, bro. For right there.